Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Joe Biden doesn't work. The president of the United States does not work. I'm sorry, I give you a schedule every day, and I have come to the point where this man does not work. Everything is done for him, and he's running around now every day collecting money for the Democrats in 2024. Not since Warren Harding, and trust me on this, not since President Harding have we had a lazier president than Joe Biden. Okay? Now, Dwight Eisenhower wasn't exactly the energizer bunny in there in the 1950s, but he was far better on the job than Biden. Now, that is the truth. If you don't believe it, you don't want to believe it. I can back it up 50 different ways. Okay? But it annoys me because we have so many problems in this country and they're not being addressed. They're not being addressed at all. And he's the leader. Oh, it just drives me crazy. And now Joe Biden is caught in a trap, as Elvis Presley once sang. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So. As you know, the progressive base that is the heart of Joe Biden's support in America despises Israel, always has. They believe Israel is a fascist country. The progressives hate the country of Israel. Here is the leader of the progressive party. Go. I do not believe we should be appropriating over $10 billion for the right-wing extremist Netanyahu government 
to continue its current military approach. What the Netanyahu government is doing is immoral. It is in violation of international law, and the United States should not be complicit in those actions. Now, that's absurd, insane, but that is the leader of the progressive movement in America, Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont. And he is a big Biden supporter. So, if I'm interviewing Sanders, I go, well, you don't want Israel to destroy Hamas? Is that what you're telling me, Senator? You don't want Israel to destroy that terror group? The group that went in and killed innocent civilians, raped Jewish women, killed babies? You don't want Israel to do that? And then he give you some gobbledygook about international law, blah, 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 okay? But the truth is that Sanders doesn't want him to do it. Doesn't want Israel to destroy Hamas. Does he? No. So that's the progressive side. That's what you see on the college campuses. That's what you see in New York City, where all these people are out there. Now, they call it anti-Semitic. Some of the progressives are anti-Semites. Bernie Sanders is a Jewish person by blood. But I don't think he's anti-Semitic. He just hates Israel. There is a fine line there. Okay? So Biden is beholden to those people. On the other side of the equation, Biden's operation, his money, his organization are primarily Jewish Americans who support Israel, some of them. All right, so <clears throat> this weekend, Biden's going to LA. Big dog and pony show, all right, big fundraiser. You can give the Biden reelection political action committee almost a million dollars. That's the ceiling, okay? You can't give the money to Biden himself. You can give it to the political action committee. Now, going to be a big soiree Friday night at the home of interior designer Michael Smith and his boyfriend, James Costos. Okay? So the people who are going to be there form the core of Biden's financial support. Here they are, Jeffrey Katzenberg, okay, Steven Spielberg, Peter Chernin, Rob Reiner, David Geffen, Barbara Streisand, Jason Alexander. They're all Jewish, okay? So another guy, uh, Reed Hastings, we, we haven't found out, um, He's of Austrian Jewish descent. He's a Netflix guy, fabulously wealthy. Now, I don't know if all of them support Israel, but most of them do. They don't want Hamas to go unpunished. So here you have that crew. That's the money Biden crew. And Katzenberg is running his reelection campaign. Can you imagine a Hollywood mogul running? That's what's happening. And then the Sanders crew, and it hates Israel. And there's Joe in the middle. 
That's why he's so wishy-washy. That's why he's, well, yeah, there's a right to spend himself. We send him money, but you don't want to do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Meddling. Now, Netanyahu, if he would tell the truth, and he can't because he needs American money, he'd throw uh, Sanders right out. Sanders, yeah, but Biden right out the window. Because it's not go get him. That's not what's happening. So there's, this is a fascinating political equation here. And you'll hear this nowhere else but on the no-spin news. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. Now, after I do it and say it, then you'll hear it. But it's fascinating. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth, delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now the truth. Okay, next week in the House, there is a possible impeachment inquiry vote. Inquiry is the key word. It's not a vote on impeachment. It's a vote to investigate going forward on impeachment in order to bring more power to the House committees assembling information about Hunter and Joe and Jim Biden. That's what this is all about. And it will take every Republican, nearly everyone in the House, to vote for it, as Newt Gingrich explained. If you're a Republican, do you really want to guarantee a primary opponent uh, by voting against it, uh, looking at it? This doesn't impeach him. This simply gives Congress additional power to force the White House to, re- to reveal documents and to force people to come and testify. Okay, so I'm in the House. I vote for this. I vote for the impeachment inquiry. All right, I would. I'd vote for it if I were a Democrat in the House, but no Democrat will. Because if you did, you'd be shunned from the party. Nobody would ever talk to you again. Republicans, not quite as tight. You might get a couple of people, all right, that vote against it. I don't know. Now, if it were a straight impeachment vote, I would not vote for impeaching Joe Biden at this point. There's not enough. 
there's a lot. There is a lot. We keep in mind the Senate will never convict him, ever. So at this point, why bother with impeachment if it's going to lose and there isn't enough to convince the country and mass that Biden benefited from his son and brother's grifting? But there could be. That's what the investigation in the House is all about, because the Justice Department, the FBI, will not do it. Keep that in mind. The House shouldn't be having to do this. It should be the FBI. No, they're not going to do it. Okay, I'm laughing, but I'm crying on the inside. Now, the media, which has still has influence, not as much as it did, but still has it. They're full 100 percent cover for Biden, with the exception of Fox News and The Wall Street Journal. Okay, those, and they're both owned by Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch. Okay? Every other media, corporate media, is covering for Biden. Roll it. A recent NBC News poll showed 60% of voters have major or moderate concerns about Biden's possible awareness or involvement in the business dealings of his son. Despite the fact that even Republican members of Congress admit there is no evidence to suggest the president did anything wrong. Republicans have spent months digging, including through... Biden family bank records, and still no credible evidence of corruption or even really wrongdoing by Joe Biden. Yeah, there still is not the evidence. There are plenty of questions that Republicans have put forward, but no evidence and really not even clarity on what the charge that they would be focused on here. Well, all three of those people, with all due respect, are not telling you the truth. There's plenty of evidence. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt evidence, but there's evidence all over the place. You know, the big headline of right-wing media today was, well, Hunter Biden wrote his father checks uh, to cover a loan or whatever, and it's not enough. It's just not enough, but there's evidence there. Certainly evidence that as vice president, Joe Biden enabled his son to go all over the world and grift money. There's evidence. So those people are just not telling you the truth. You know that, I'm sure. So the problem then becomes, you've got 100% of the Democratic Party not caring and not going to ever do anything about Joe Biden, whatever he did. Okay? Not going to happen. And you have the media at the tune of 90% that are going to cover for Biden as well. So it looks like he might get away with it because of the corruption of the media, which should be covering this story the way they covered Trump and Nixon, Watergate, right? No. So finally, uh, the Department of Transportation, that's Pete Buttigieg, uh, takes action against uh, an American uh, air carrier, Southwest, fine him $140 million for last Christmas's meltdown. Uh, you know, when we were reporting last year, I told you, you just fly at your own risk. JetBlue is horrible. Uh, Southwest is a debacle. Um, you know, so now $140 million, it breaks down this way. Um, Southwest is to pay the U.S. government, goes into the Treasury, $35 million in cash over three years. That's like $12 million a year. Not going to hurt Southwest, bottom line. 
Okay, so this is not, not what it means. Then the other 90 million is put into a fund anticipating other payments to passengers when Southwest screws up again, which it will. Look, I told you this from the jump. They don't have enough people because they don't pay decent salaries, the airlines in America. So they're hiring people who can't do the job, who can't even speak English. You go to JFK in particular in New York, and half of the personnel cannot make themselves clear using words. You don't know what they're saying. Now, I'm not casting aspersions on them. They're hardworking people. But it, they're not paying enough, the airlines, to get professional people. The pilots and flight crews are good. It's safe to fly. But they don't have any backup. So if a pilot gets sick, forget it. All right. And if there's any kind of delay, it spirals down. It's disorganized. They don't know what they're doing. And they don't particularly care. But maybe this will make them care. Here's what Buttigieg said, quote, this penalty should put all airlines on notice to take every possible step to ensure that a meltdown like last December never happens again. All right, Pete, it took you three years plus. No, that's not a little less than three years because he got in with Biden on inauguration day. A little less than three years to do anything. But you did it. And I'm happy you did it. Got to send a message. All right. So uh, crime. A.H. Datalix. I don't I've never heard of this. It's a uh, firm that analyzes crime stats. I don't believe these stats. The FBI stats, I believe. All right. So it says murders in the USA down 13 percent as of December 7th, year to year. Still a lot of murders, but not nearly as bad uh, as 2022. Okay, Um, we don't have the exact number. The number they threw out, this analytics firm, is not true. I'll just give an example. Um, According to the FBI, in 2020, last stats we have, almost 22,000 Americans were murdered, okay, in 2020. And this analytics firm has... 8,000? No, this is wrong. But there is a trend of crime dropping, and I'm not sure why. So we're going to look into it. We're going to wait for the FBI stats. But disorder in the nation's cities is at an all-time high. So on November 13th of this year, at 2.30 in the afternoon, two NYPD officers approached three men who were smoking marijuana in a subway station in the Bronx. A brawl ensued. I mean, we have it on tape, we'll show it to you now. Okay, so the three men attacked Officer John Hernandez and his partner, who a uh, name I don't have, um, and they hurt them. The officers were hurt. So they arrested two of the three assailants, Kareem McClary, 23, Isaiah Jessamy, 20 years old. The other guy got away. They still haven't gotten them. They showed up at court yesterday, these two uh, assailants, are charged with uh, second-degree assault. That is the top charge in New York. Um, And their trial was put off until the end of January. Why? Why? But here's the rub about this story. 
So the Police Benevolent Association, PBA, is supposed to be sticking up for the cops. And it's supposed to be raising awareness of how difficult police work is. And at this point in New York City and other cities as well, the cops are in danger, physical danger. Because the thugs know, even if they spit in a cop's face or curse at the cop or push the cop, nothing much is going to happen to them. As we see now, these guys are out no bail. Okay, so the president of the uh, PBA in New York City is a man named Patrick Hendry. Okay, we have been trying to get him on this broadcast for a month. All right, he won't come on. Why? Why won't you come on and explain the terrible circumstances in which the NYPD have to operate? Why on earth? What are you doing? Patrick Hendry. So I looked around for a uh, criminologist in uh, this area, and we found a good one, Dr. John Eterno. He uh, teaches at Malloy University on Long Island. He was a captain, retired a captain in the NYPD in 2004. He joins us now from Rockville Center. Um, did, am I saying your name right, Eterno? Is that correct? Yeah, that's Dr. fine, Bill. Okay. All right, so you're, you were on the job for 20 years. I mean, and in the time you were there, you saw the worst of it, the crack wars, and then you saw Giuliani and Bloomberg, two mayors, pretty much turn it around so that the, the bad guys were on the run. Now it's arced back to the bad guys are ruling the streets. What is the essential problem in New York City as you see it? New York City has a number of problems. First, I think the mayor needs to get more behind the police. His uh, rhetoric at times is uh, backward. He needs to stand behind the police. Judges need to stand up behind the police, but most of all, politicians. Uh, there are a number of things going on in New York City, one of them being the uh, city council is passing a bill that uh, they want police to record every single incident this is just crazy. Uh, every yeah, single thing. It's Anytime insane. someone approaches you, what they people, want you to report. Let me explain it, doctor. So the liberal city council in New York, any interaction that a police officer has with a civilian, police officer's got to go back to the precinct and write it up, which takes them off the street. NYPD is undermanned as it is. Uh, and Mayor Adams, who's a former police officer himself, may even cut the force down from here to pay for the migrants. I mean, this is so insane. But when the police union won't stand up and say all of this crazy political stuff is putting our officers in danger, doctor, can you figure out why that man wouldn't do that? I don't Hearn? know. I mean, Hearn you have to ask him, but in my view, I can't this ask is something him. you really need to advertise. You've got to get on every program you possibly can and let people know how difficult the job being a police officer is, particularly in a democracy. The officers are the front line of democracy at work. This is what they do. And when they get attacked in a, in a subway for something as minimal as you know smoking, uh, it's, it's, it's something that's an affront to the public, it's not just an affront to the officers themselves. This is an affront to democracy. You know, okay. when officers in the street get, get attacked like this, this, that, this that's is a, true because the last line of defense 
the savages and the folks or the police. Did you feel in physical danger when you were on the job, doctor? Absolutely. There were times where I've gone after people with guns, knives, uh, people that uh, spit at me. But but today, it, it's but what, very what I'm trying to say when is politicians. You, when politicians at that point don't, in don't, time, at that point in time, you knew you get backed up by your union and and most of the time by the police chiefs, right? Kelly and Bratton and these people, Bill. right? A hundred percent. But now, all the time that 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 the no. people behind me would back me up. I knew the union would stand behind me. And most of the politicians, I'm not going to say all of them, but most of them stood behind the police, particularly uh, the state. Uh, many of these officers, something like bail reform was just unconscionable. People wouldn't even think of that. And letting these these uh, two thugs uh, get out on on being released on their own recognizance, this, this is crazy. They are violent. And it's a, it's a problem not just for police, but for the public and being safe, just walking in the streets and walking in a subway. We don't have that protection that, that we should feel from our politicians, from our police leaders, from our union leaders. We need that protection. We need that. It's a difficult job as it is, but not to have that backing is unconscious. It is. It, it, it is. I, as and a journalist, as a journalist who covered this city for decades, I've never seen this before. I've never seen a union president run and not stick up for his guys. You can spit in the face of a police officer now in New York City. You can curse at them, push them. Nothing. You wouldn't even be brought in for that. These guys wailed on the cops and, and beat them. And they were in for maybe three hours, no bail, out doing whatever they want to do. So you got to feel, and this is the last question, the people on the job, the cops on the job, they know nobody has their back. Last word. Yeah, there is no doubt that police officers is the front line of democracy. Unfortunately, they have no choice. They're out there. It's a tough, tough job. And unfortunately for them, they don't feel back. And they need to feel that backing of the public, of politicians, and of their and own And it's not leaders. happening. And that's why they're all leaving en masse. Hey, Doctor, Merry Christmas. Thanks for helping us out. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Merry it. Christmas, Bill. Right. Okay. Uh, Pew Research, pretty good outfit. Uh, 1,435 American teenagers about the social media stuff. Okay. How often do you use the Internet, computer or cell phone? 93% every day and 46% almost constantly, okay? That's a lot. Obviously, we all know this. If you have an urchin, or you know, they got this thing in their hand all the time. Second question, do you have access at home to a smartphone? 95% do. Laptop, desktop, 90%. Now, the importance of this study is masked, okay? I'm not going to be around, many of you won't be around, in 25 years, okay? Unless, you know, but probably not, which is fine with me, by the way. <laughs> okay. In 25 years, this planet is going to be completely different than it is now. Not for the better. Because of the artificial intelligence and the high tech. 
and the social media. So traditional ways to communicate, that's the first thing that's going to go. Speaking, I'm talking to you now, right to you, with words and gestures. I'm a real person. What I say to you is true as far as I can ascertain it. Gone. Big, big, profound change is coming. Okay? And it has to, all to do with the internet and now AI. Here's one of the changes already here. A third of public school students in this country, 15 million children, chronically absent from school in the 21-22 term. Now that's just coming off COVID, be fair, but it has carried through. In New York State, almost a million students are chronically absent. In Florida, same number, almost a million don't show up. California, two million. Texas, a million and a half. All this demonstrates is that parental guidance is evaporating. In my house, and I'm sure your house, 90% of my viewers and listeners, if we didn't go to school, that was trouble. Big trouble. Now, 15 million kids in the United States are chronically absent from school. Now, what's going to happen to those kids? Some of them will get out of it. They'll learn to be plumbers or something where they can earn a living, but many of them won't. And they won't be able to compete because they can't read. They can't do math. They can't think. They can't speak. They're covered with tattoos. They use four-letter words every sentence. And that's not going to change, by the way. The corporate structure and how you make a living in this country, that's not going to change. You're still going to have to work. These people are not going to be able to do that. Big, big trouble. Coming. Now, if you are a parent and you are derelict and you're not paying attention to your children, okay, that is the lowest. That is so bad. You pay attention to your kids and grandkids, too. Harvard president's going to keep her job. Board of uh, trustees said, ah, no, no, we're keeping Claudine Gay. Now, I don't care about Claudine one way or the other. I'm not after her scalp. I don't care. All right. She is a devoted, progressive, woke uh, person. She's everything that I'm not, but I don't care one way or the other. Now, Harvard's keeping her for one primary reason. Unlike most universities, Harvard doesn't need any money. It's got, I think, a $700 billion endowment in a bank in investments. Doesn't need alumni money, doesn't need anybody's money. Ever. An aside, the first president of Harvard was the top witch hunter in Salem. Do you know that? Increase Mather, a reverend. First president of Harvard. Harvard's the first college in the USA. Increase is responsible for what happened in Salem 20 human beings be hung. When I go to Cambridge, because I'm an alumnus, as you know, of Harvard, I kind of spread that around. Now, 
Will Dr. Gay prosper as president of Harvard? No, she will not. The college's reputation has been besmirched. And remember, it got the lowest rating of any college in America for freedom of speech. Harvard, under Claudine Gay. Finally, on this woman. There are charges. They were listed in a Washington Free Beacon that she plagiarized her doctoral thesis. Charges were leveled by a guy named Christopher Rufo and another guy, uh, Brunette. Rufo is what they call a point of view reporter. Now, I try to get him on this broadcast, but he can't be bothered. I don't like him, all right, because I know what he does. He comes out with something in his mind, and he's going to prove it no matter what. And in this case, he's a conservative guy, Rufo. But he's not looking for the truth, as we mentioned earlier in the broadcast. Okay, they're not looking at what's real. He wants to slam Ms. Gay. Now, I don't know what she did or didn't do. She denies it, that she plagiarized. So the Boston Globe, she didn't do it. But she should be afforded due process. Fair? Harvard doesn't care. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. She checks the boxes. She's a black, progressive woman. That's what Harvard wants. She plagiarized. I don't care. Are we ever going to get to the bottom of it? I don't know. But I'm not going to convict her here. That's not fair. All right, Christmas, right? 13 days away. I'm not listening to a holly golly Christmas. I will not do it. You got to have standards. Okay, I did listen to Chuck Berry's Run Run Reindeer today. And I, I love Chuck. It, it was great. No holly golly. Not doing it. Okay. Anyway, travel. Smart life. Listen to me. 104 million drivers are going to be on the road in the next 13 days and pass that into New Year's week. Drive at night. Don't go during the day, particularly if you live in a big city. I mean, you can't. You just can't. At night, you can. Now, you got to check the weather. You got to take a nap. You got to be alert. You got to have stops, rest stops, get some food, get some coffee, whatever it may be. But believe me, you will just save hours of frustration if you go at night. 7.5 million going to be on the airplane. Okay. You have lost control of your life when you get to the airport. You have no control. The only way to cope with this, because there are going to be delays and some cancellations, is to bring a book that you like. Of course, the killing books are the best. You can get them on Kindle, uh, audiobook, and a little earpiece. You got to read a regular book. And if you don't want the killing books, get a book that interests you because that gives you something to look forward to when you're just sitting on your butt doing nothing. This is not going to cut it for two, three hours. It's not. All right? This is all right for a few minutes. Um... And you have to basically lower your expectations to zero. 
But if you have a good book, if you have something to read, that will make the pain less. And we just want you to be safe. Okay? Just be safe. And just look at the weather forecast. Look at where this, where you're going, and that kind of thing. But it's going to be the biggest travel in history coming up. All right, Disney uh, raises prices in Disney World, Disneyland. Poor kids can't go. Disney's progressive, but poor children cannot go to Disney World or Disneyland. It's too expensive. I was going to do more on this. I'm not. Um, it, it just shows you the rank. But you figured they'd have maybe one day where the price will be lower if you book in advance. No, they don't care. All right, now we do Smart Life here almost every day. It's one of our, I think, uh, best segments because it helps you. It's designed to help you in your life, your loved ones, your friends, everybody. So earlier this year, uh, late summer, early fall, stock market was imploding. People were panicking. Most Americans hold stock of some kind, 401ks and, and education funds, whatever it may be. Most Americans have stocks. Stock market was whoop, going way down. A lot of people panicked and sold. Smart Life, me, all right, said this, go. Smart Life. All right, we talked about this top program. So the stock market since August 1st is down about 2,500 points. 2,500 points. This is the Dow. Brutal. Why? Because of the political uncertainty. But if you sell, then you lose and you don't, you're not going to recoup. That's what I'm doing. not telling you to do that. But this is bad. And this is going to be another factor into the Biden re-election campaign. Bidenomics, it's a joke. But it's not a funny joke. There's a lot of people, particularly older people, their retirement funds are tied into the stock market. And we're getting killed here because we have an incompetent president and a challenger, Mr. Trump, who is volatile. So I told everybody not to sell. Don't sell. Hang on. Because as I quoted, if you sell, you lose, you cannot recoup. If you hang on and things reverse, which they have, you get your money back. I hope you followed my advice because now the stock market is heading toward new highs in just a short period of time. I don't know why. <laughs> I can't tell you why. And I know in January and February, it might go down another 3,000 points because we have instability in this country, poor leadership. We are, have a social civil war. But the market might go up another 3,000 points. No one can predict. No one knows. So the prudent thing to do, smart life, your money, your future, your family. I have 22% of my portfolio in the stock market. No more that I'm not putting any more in. That's it. The rest are in municipal bonds, which are insured. So I'm sure to get... Not making nearly as much money as if I speculated and hit it. But I don't want to do that. I'm a conservative investor. 
I want my money to be protected. I don't put it under the bed. I don't think the banks are going to collapse. I don't think cryptocurrencies taken over. I don't believe any of that. I'm very cautious. And it's my age, too. I'm a younger man. I'm taking more chances. Smart life. So I hope you like the segment. Uh, we've designed it for you. It's working very well. Okay, here's the final thought of the day. As you know, I'm a little roiled, a little riled up about the incredible jump in pricing for food on Long Island where I live. And it is brutal. Now, in my town, there is a luncheonette. We used to call it a luncheonette. Yeah, but now they call it, I don't know diner. It's not a diner. It's a little different than that. But it used to be you go in there for breakfast or whatever. It was always a little pricey because this is an affluent part of Long Island. But but now it's full rack of ribs, $45. Now they give you two sides, $45. I don't know. Anyway, very high, very high. So I'm watching, and I like the folks in there. I mean, and I got the delis are the same problem in this town. Everything's doubled, doubled. So I'm watching who's buying this stuff in this uh, luncheonette, all right, restaurant. It's kids, kids. And they all have the debit card. So this, these stats are a little bit old, but I think they're accurate for today. 40% of American teenagers ages 13 to 17 have a debit card. Okay? 45% of those make a charge on a regular basis. These kids are in there with their debit cards and they're buying whatever they want to buy. It doesn't matter what the price, they don't even know the price. They're kids. They want a burger, fries, they want an ice cream, they want whatever they want. Mom and dad are paying for it. They're not. They got the debit card. Now I'm going, it's clicking into me. Okay? Because this place is full of urchins. And they're, they're ordering big. <laughs> they're, they're getting the ribs. <laughs> they're ordering big. And I'm going, okay. So that's what this is about. There's no spending control on this demographic if you have a debit card and you're 17 and a high school junior or senior, you're going to, you're getting whatever you want. Okay, you're not that. Well, maybe I should get this or I'll get that or no. And the merchants are taking advantage of that. They don't need old fogies like me in there going, what's this? You know, what do you mean? $14 for a tuna sandwich. <laughs> Come on. They don't need that. What they want are the kids who go, I want the tuna sandwich. Would you like a lettuce and tomato on that? We'll jack in another couple of bucks. Yo, yeah, yeah. How about some fries? That's seven bucks. Yeah, fries. And they give them the, they give them the debit card. And the kid just goes right out the door, right home. And then mom and dad, there they are. They're paying it. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Now, they, these urchins are going to have a really, really rude awakening when they get out of there and have to pay their own debit card. Final 
thing I know, final thought I want to make. My kids have the debit card. They almost have to today, okay? But I'm on the card and I look and see what everything is. So at the end of the month, there's a little chat. And also, my kids have to work. They work. Not in this, my daughter's working in the school year. And she's a really hard worker. My son works in the summer, but he works. This is not some easy job. All right, he goes and he, and he earns very good money out on Eastern Long Island. But, and then their account is tied into their debit account. Okay? So they have restraints. That's the way I've set it up. So you're okay. You want to be, treat your, all your friends to uh, ice cream sodas. You got four friends. You're all buying ice cream sodas. That's going to come out to about 50 bucks. All right, with, with all said and done. So you want to do it, okay, but you're paying for it. And then you know how hard you got to work for the money. That's the way to do this. Now, in the presidential election, <clears throat> I, am, I am convinced the main issue will not be abortion or any of this other stuff. We're not going to be Hamas, Israel. It's not going to be Putin, Ukraine. It's going to be the grocery store. It's going to be the local restaurant because it's shocking in the space of three years how much all of that has gone up. If you disagree, Bill at BillOReilly.com, Bill at BillOReilly.com, name in town. If you wish to opine, we thank you very much for watching and listening on our radio stations all across the country to the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow.